is Age of Sigmar, the game we wish 40k was. Is Age of Sigmar the game that we wish 40k was? No. But it doesn't have to be. Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it. Undoubtedly by now, all of you guys have heard our recent podcast hosted by a couple of yahoos who play Age of Sigmar now about how great Age of Sigmar is, which I'm not even going to disagree with. I think it could be a pretty good game for some people. But what I don't think is that you can go walking around saying that it's a better game than 40k. The reason for that is because it's not. I mean, at least not for me, but like probably also not for you, but like maybe, I don't know. Let's just put it this way. I feel pretty confident saying that 40k is the better game because that's just how the facts line up. I mean, let's consider just a few of them. AOS is a fantasy setting. And that means that it's a bigger genre. It's a better selling genre in literature. It's a better genre or better selling genre in video games. It's a better selling genre in board games. It's just more popular in general. Not to say sci-fi doesn't have its its wins, but you know, it's just not as big of, of a genre. Uh, Age of Sigmar, I think even most 40k players would agree, has better models overall. You know, specifically those great big showcase models, those are awesome. And 40k doesn't have as many of them, partially because of the way that 40k works on the tabletop. Uh, also, Age of Sigmar has had like all of its models produced in the last 10 years. So, you know, that helps a lot too. And Age of Sigmar isn't any more expensive or less available than 40k is, because they're made by the same company, Games Workshop. So if we know that AOS has a basically bigger core fan base that they can appeal to in fantasy nerds, and they have all these beautiful models that most folks would agree are a bigger draw uh, than some of the 40k stuff, and they aren't any less available or or more expensive than 40k, the accessibility is the same, then wouldn't you think that Age of Sigmar would already be a more popular game? No? Oh, well, that's interesting. Why is 40k a bigger game then? I mean, if it doesn't have better models or a bigger fan base or, you know, more access to markets. Oh, must be the rules. The rules must be better. My bad. But you know what? That's maybe, that's maybe overstepping the issue a little bit. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about my 
reaction uh, as a 40k player to all this nonsense, uh, but also my reaction as as a, a game enthusiast uh, who is wanting to be understanding of of people who are fantasy oriented uh, over people who are sci-fi oriented and and trying to kind of maybe reach out to you the listeners and, and help you guys to maybe make this decision for yourself because whilst I might be a diehard sci-fi guy and whilst some particular members of the Trident group may be uh, fantasy oriented currently maybe permanently who knows that's their decision to make we don't judge um, I can give you the listeners some rundown about some some basic concepts around the two games to help you decide which it works better for you and that way the group chats that i'm in with people who won't be named uh don't have to be the battlegrounds that they have been lately uh and hopefully we can all live peacefully and and coexist because we're not torn between two worlds we can be accepting of them both uh, perhaps separately, perhaps together. I don't know. Whatever floats your boat. But that way, these kind of uh, uh, issues can be can be resolved both per- personally and and inter- interpersonally. Um, and hopefully, you know, I won't have to have as many days at the club where I've got these blue-haired femboy soy drinking lattes coming up and telling me that 40k doesn't have any vegan armies anymore anyhow um as you might be able to tell i'm a little upset anyhow let's 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 break it down let's break down uh age of sigmar versus 40k what the pluses for each system are what can maybe help you uh know where your heart might lie uh, and uh, start you on a modeling journey uh, for, for one or both of those systems, or, or maybe give you a good reason to jump into the other system if you're already in one. <coughs> um, as we already mentioned, like right off the top, and I, and I feel like this is probably one of the most important things for a lot of gamers, models. As I, as I mentioned, AOS does legitimately have some amazing models. Uh, 40k does too like I think people sometimes forget like when you're comparing the two maybe like oh yeah AOS kind of has maybe some more really cool models to it but like after AOS the next best models like on the planet are are probably GW ones or uh, probably 40k GW ones I should say Uh, so like it's not like 40k has a bad model range but I can definitely understand people who are like dude look at these AOS models they're amazing don't you love this yeah Okay, that's fair. Here's the thing. Um, you still have to like the aesthetic. And there's lots of uh, 40k armies and, and lots of Age of Sigmar armies that I don't like the aesthetic of, even if they do have cool models. So, you know, you're going to have to make that call for yourself. Uh, and I know more than a few folks who, who don't just just don't like fantasy settings and, and, and aesthetics. So they're probably just not necessarily going to love some Age of Sigmar stuff. But of course, there's plenty more people who, who feel the same way about power armor, which, you know, to be fair, is probably like the most overdone model type and actually even still kind of exists in Age of Sigmar now, too. So 
that's that's probably step one on your journey to figuring out what you do and don't want is what do you and what do you not want to assemble and paint. Uh, step two, uh, a tremendously overlooked one uh, that I think never gets brought up enough. Uh, ask yourself, what do your friends play? What, what's available in your local community to play? What are the game clubs and stuff? Now, thankfully, if you live in Edmonton like I do, uh, you're listening to this from, from the hometown here. Thankfully, you know, we, we have diverse groups. We have a lot of gamers in the city. We have a lot of different uh, stores and, and organizations that run events. Uh, Trident, of course, is, as I'm sure many of you know, now running an AOS Slow Grow League, and that is just going to be the beginning of what we're going to run, I'm sure of it, uh, going into the new year. So you probably don't have to worry too much about, oh, do I, will I be able to find a game group? But for if you're listening from further abroad, if you're, you're out in the country or, or maybe somewhere in this big wide world that just doesn't have as many gamers in it, please, please, please do the due diligence to find out what kind of stores or clubs or whatever there are around or, or get some buddies uh, and kind of try to make these decisions together because like the worst story that I, I've heard too many times is of guys who get into a hobby and then like kind of can't be in the hobby. Uh, it's fine, I guess, if they just want to assemble and paint stuff, which is cool, um, but they, they want a game and then they can't because they just, they don't know anybody or they, they did know somebody and they moved away or whatever. So uh, definitely look out for that. I just feel like it doesn't get brought up enough. <laughs> it's, it's really important if you want to play games to have people to play them with. Uh, moving along. <coughs> The last non-gameplay thing to consider when you're thinking about a Age of Sigmar versus 40k is the lore. Um, again, this is something that may already be kind of defined for you by what kind of person you are when it comes to you know reading speculative fiction. Uh, are you a fantasy guy? Are you a sci-fi guy? Maybe you're both. You know that that's great. Then that means that you can kind of keep going, skip ahead on this video because you're more worried about the gameplay aspects maybe but obviously like so many people who get involved with game game workshop products actually love the lore they love reading the books they love reading uh, the stories the black library stuff the codexes or battle tomes or whatever it actually is like this really immersive uh, world and and both age of sigmar and 40k have these massive gigantic storylines that go back decades uh and have tons of writers and, and lots of cool stuff in it however Beyond the obvious ex like exceptions of one is a fantasy setting and one is a, a sci-fi setting, there are other things to consider. Now, I'm going to say some stuff here that I, I know some of you are going to at me about, um, but like this is the take of somebody who is reasonably educated in literature uh, and also has gone out of his way to do some researching and get a little bit of some second opinions from other people uh, who are educated uh on literature um so so don't freak out too much i'm going to try to frame all of this as positively as possible age of sigmar literature storylines uh the narrative the stories is um it's a little bit more oh hi cat hey everybody this is cashew cashew mew for them Okay, he's not going to mew. Um, Age of Sigmar stories are a little bit more um, focused on a younger demographic. I don't want to say they're immature, because they're not. 
Um, but Age of Sigmar, like especially compared to even like the Warhammer fantasy narratives and stories that came before them, GW actively told us and, and, and worked to make the story more accessible for younger audiences. Um, that was something big that they wanted with Age of Sigmar and actually something that they're actually doing with 40k now too over the 9th and 10th edition. Um, just kind of not as much because the change hasn't been as dramatic from like Warhammer Fantasy to Age of Sigmar like that was. Um, they wanted their stories to be, to be a little less dark, a little less grim, uh, which is not to say there's no darkness or grimness. Um, and they wanted the stories to be uh, just a little less uh, deep, a little bit less um, layered and, and faceted. Uh, and what I call it is the MCUification of, of story. Um, much of Age of Sigmar's storylines reads a bit like episodes of Dragon Ball Z or, or uh, you know, an MCU movie, uh, things like that. That's not a bad thing. Um, I'm not trying to frame it as a bad thing. In fact, in a lot of ways, it's a good thing. It makes for easier uh, reading. It can make for funner reading, to be honest with you. And my personal opinion is that if you're reading something, you're doing it just to enjoy it. I personally love Godzilla movies. They are not the most intellectual of movies, let me tell you. But I've loved them since I was a kid. I still love them today. They're not a guilty pleasure, they're just a pleasure. So if you like that kind of story, Age of Sigmar's got a lot of it. Um, and despite the fact that Age of Sigmar's narratives and stuff are ostensibly fairly new, being built with the system from the last 10 years, a lot of the characters and a lot of the story threads go way back into uh, old world Warhammer fantasy stuff. Um, and that actually adds a lot of depth to them because, and it, it brings kind of some of that, that grittier, more intellectual kind of, uh, uh, threads into the, some of the stories, which is cool. Um, and it also maybe encourages you to go read some of that old stuff, which is amazing stuff. Uh, old world fantasy had some awesome stuff in it. Um, so if you can ever track down those books, if you get really in love with the setting, go for it. In 40 K by contrast, I mean, like it coins the term grimdark. Uh, it's just the reality of it. Um, 40k is ostensibly space opera. Like there is a lot of wildly funny and weird and dramatic stuff that goes on that doesn't always make a lot of sense, just like you have in Age of Sigmar. Um, and like I said, the last edition or so, certainly since like the return of Rebel Gilman and stuff, uh, there has been some, some MCUification as well. That is GW trying to make this this product more appealing to to teenagers from a narrative aspect um, but again it's not necessarily a negative thing it's just a change be aware of it um, but nonetheless 40k still partially because it didn't change into an entirely new game uh, still has a lot of its older more mature lore still tied up in the current lore um, and some of the stories especially some of the black library stuff of course i'm sure most of you have read at least some horus heresy stuff some of it can be a little bit more uh deep uh have have some layers to it at the same time a lot of it is still you know it's bolter porn it's it's dbz it's it's stuff like that um there's a mix uh but just be aware that these are general themes that you should know about for 40k versus aos um and, and just know about it, how it might affect your, your experience diving into these two different worlds. Finally, 
And to kind of go back to the original stupid ass comment made by made by some other Age of Sigmar uh, players, formerly 40k players, um, who also made all sorts of other silly comments in their video, Ugh, just backward stuff. Who, who thinks random rolls are somehow more competitive? That's, that's the opposite of more competitive. Like. No redeploy in 40k? There's redeploy in 40k. Half of the armies in the game have a strategy that lets you redeploy. You know what? Never mind. It's fine. One sec. Cashew found his laser point. Okay. Anyhow, last but not least, let's talk about the gameplay. AOS and 40k play a lot the same because they're kind of built on the same system. But there are dramatic differences, which, despite some people, uh, some people's assertions, are not all just better in, in AOS, or for that matter, in 40K, as I might attest. Um, they're just different, and they kind of are catered to their particular systems, which, like, I think if you're a certain kind of gamer, may appeal to you more than the other. Uh, again, preface. All of the comments I'm going to make here are meant in the most positive way possible. There, Bill, I said it. Okay. AOS. AOS is obviously a game where the majority of the actual uh, dice rolling and damage and whatnot happens in the fight phase because it is a melee-oriented game. This does not mean there is no shooting or ranged abilities. Of course there is. Um, but the game is focused on that fight phase. Um, this is both a positive and a negative, depending on your particular game style. Uh, for one, it means that the game is generally less dependent, but also less interactive with the terrain on the table. Now, of course, some people are going to break out, oh, we get special terrain pieces and stuff that's very interactive. Sure, okay, that's that's kind of not really what I'm talking about. That's, that's another unit in your army that happens to have a terrain keyword. What I'm saying is that the battlefield itself is generally less dense because it kind of has to be. you got these big-ass models moving around, these big-ass units moving around. Um, but also, the actual rules interaction with your models is not going to be a life-and-death sort of thing as often. Not never, as often. 40k grew, has grown into this very terrain-dependent game specifically because of the ranged lethality of the game, which is toned down a lot in 10th edition, um, but is still very real. Uh, and that... Like I said, it could be a good or a bad thing depending on your style of game, or your, your choice of style of game. In AOS, that focus on the terrain is a little less, but I would actually argue that the focus on movement is, is just as great, if not greater, um, because that becomes such an important thing when so much of uh, your game is tied up in a fight phase. Uh, I think anybody who's played 40K with like a combat melee combat-centric army probably has already learned this lesson as maybe a better gamer for it in my opinion uh play a combat army if if you never have it's it's very enlightening anyway uh it teaches you a lot about how to make proper movements and and maximize your movement and and lots of fun little movement tricks and ideas and stuff like that which are i would imagine basically secondhand for most uh age of sigmar players and maybe not for a lot of 40k players it does also create a problem, though, when Age of Sigmar's meta tunes a bit towards magic and shooting for whatever reason, because of battle tomes or new seasons or whatever. Um, it can actually be kind of problematic because that game is not structured from a terrain and rules uh, perspective to be uh, as careful about the power of range damage 
um, like 40k is, and so that can create a lot of imbalance. Now there's a lot of ways for imbalance to pop up in both of these games. I'm sure you guys have all experienced it in one form or another, but it is kind of a design issue on the AOS front when that does come around, which I know it was, uh, you know, earlier this year, late last year, sometime like that. Time has no meaning. Anyhow, um, AOS's rules are in general more streamlined and simpler than 40Ks. Uh, this is, again, intentional. It's something that GW actively tried to do. It's actually something that they're actively trying to do in 40K with 10th edition now, but not to the same level. And realistically, I would expect this 10th edition for 40K is very new. Uh, I would expect that the rules will actually probably get back to a certain level of complexity because that's also kind of 40K's jam. Um, AOS has some simplicity to its rules, which I think actually makes it much more accessible and is intended to make it more accessible to new players. Uh, you can play, you know, if you're playing every week, you can play a couple months of AOS and have a pretty strong grasp of the game, uh, especially if you're going out of your way to play different people uh, and getting lots of different experiences out there to kind of expose you to different trains of thought and stuff on the rules. Uh, a lot of the rules also tend to require a little less um, extrapolation, erratas, FAQs, and stuff because of the simplicity of most of them. Again, these are playing it statements. They are not to say that there is never need for an FAQ or errata or rules disagreements or anything like that. Just that it's less common in AOS. Again, by design. This is a good thing uh, when you're trying to learn the game. For some people, however, it is also a bad thing because the game just doesn't have the tactical depth that 40k does. Um, that's just the nature of the rules. What you prefer is for you, um, but it is something to be aware of. Uh, it is a very real thing. Uh, this is also shown in, uh, it manifests in AOS in a different way, and that's with randomness. Um, both games are inherently random. They're done with dice, obviously. The fewer things that are left up to a dice roll, the less random the game is, though. That's just basic logic. Uh, 40k has had uh, not so much the game itself, but certainly uh, some codexes over the years that were more random than others. Orc books are, of course, the, the gold standard for it. Most orc players actually like that. That's why they play orcs. Um, most, not all. Uh, another kind of faction that experiences a lot has been chaos over the years, especially chaos marines. I know most CSM players that I know actually don't like randomness and have been very upset when their codexes become more random because they, they don't like the la lack of control in things. Um, but, you know, again, whatever floats your boat. AOS, uh, of course, has battle tomes that are more or less random, but the actual core rules themselves also in inherently have some greater randomness to them. Uh, by far the most Famous slash infamous piece of this is, of course, Return Order, which gets rolled for every round instead of just once at the start of the game. There are people who hate it. There are people who think it's great. Honestly, you can be either. What you do have to accept is that that is a level of randomness that is added to the game and is a fairly important one. Um, yes, of course, the turn order is random in 40k too, but it happens once and then you can plan from there, whereas with AOS you can never plan for more than the turn you're on. Uh, because you just don't quite know how things are going to sort out. Again, this can be a good thing, and as more than a few AOS players have pointed out in defense of it, because the game is so uh, focused on melee combat and that the, the fight phase happens a little differently in AOS compared to 40k, 
uh, it, it's not necessarily as punishing as it would be in 40k. If you're a 40k player, the idea of having your opponent or you get two turns back to back seems psychotic, I'm sure. For 40k it would be, but the rules aren't set up for it. So it is what it is. It is a level of randomness, though. And that means that that's inherently something that pulls away from the tactical or strategic depth of the game because it is something that is out of your control that you now have to wait for to know to then start your strategic or tactical planning for whatever phase you're in or turn or whatever. Whereas with 40k, you can set out a longer plan and try to follow through with it. Your cognitive energies go towards trying to figure out other issues that might pop up that you you know aren't in your control, whether that's saves or you know you're shooting random movement, whatever, all sorts of other things. That's just one place where AOS is maybe a little bit more random. There are a few others, and there is also just a general gist in some of the books to be a little bit more random. Um, again, could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, depending on how you like it. Uh, AOS is definitely meant to be a little bit more of a beer and pretzels game, as the saying goes from, from GW. Um, doesn't mean it can't be played competitively, um, but that randomness is, is a thing you need to be aware of. Uh, list building in AOS is generally less intense than 40k doesn't mean you can't really dive deep into making lists and stuff it's absolutely the case but with 40k you do see more uh, intentional min maxing and optimization and and stuff like that done in lists because that is kind of the way the game and and the the structure of building your lists is meant to happen Um, aos this is also partially uh, a symptom of the fact that aos is currently very deep or fairly deep in an addition life cycle where most of the armies have a battle tome out whereas 40k of course is playing index hammer right now with just a few of the the codexes having come out for 10th edition and it's going to be a while before you know the majority are probably at least two years i would suspect um because of that you you most armies that you play in aos have you know their plethora of options available to them from their battle tomes and other secondary um, rules, books, and such, so that you can kind of just cut and paste what kind of army you want out of a book, throw it on the table. Uh, You do have, in general, maybe a a, a little bit more generic usage or generic units in AOS, you know, where a given unit maybe is replicated several times throughout many armies and isn't particularly different. just due to weapon options and, and stat lines and stuff like that. Um, and so you get this kind of uh, less or lesser focus on, on trying to create, you know, your ideal army in AOS. Um, it's also, I think, maybe a little bit more hero hammery uh, AOS is. You, you tend to have characters, and I'm not just talking about, of course, the gigantic 800-point models and stuff, but just heroes in general um, can be a little bit more... Uh, impactful in their games and so you kind of can focus on <laughs> a few a few things uh, a few units and a, and a specific ar- army archetype whereas with 40k and again this will get even more so as the codexes come out uh, excel spreadsheets and calculators are not uncommon <laughs> or certainly the same sort of thing happening in your brain um, so that's just kind of a thing to be aware of, of if you're more of a stats nerd uh, you might prefer 40k a little bit more. I know I remember when I got into 40k, that was half of what I did uh, in high school with my 
my fun time was just sit and write list after list after list after list. Had so much fun with it. Uh, and the books tend to make themselves pretty accessible to that too. Um, you'll probably find that there is, you know, owing to these last couple points, there is a little bit more tactical or strategic um, play in 40k. It's a hallmark of the game, uh, not just between it and AOS, but between it and most of the other games out there. Um, this is in many ways a bad thing. It is part of what makes 40k sometimes really obtuse to people who are trying to get into it is just the level of tactical depth uh, that you can get into with both making army lists and then maximizing your units and then getting onto this table full of terrain and with all these armies that have you know this ranged ranged combat centric system which you may or may not lean into with your army but nonetheless informs how you play the game uh, and that just can mean that you can spend like as a new player you can spend a lot of time reading the rules and a lot of time thinking about the rules and get on the table and still be way off base with how things actually play out compared to what you expected um, it's definitely I'm, both games I think you should play as much as you can when you're learning uh, you probably play as much as you can whenever you're but but like the learning curve for 40k is definitely I think a bit steeper um, a lot of in ninth edition a lot of that did resolve around the fact that yeah there's the, the rules were incredibly deep there was so many rules across so many books uh, something which has partially been remedied in 40 or in 10th edition um, will bounce back a little bit as codexes come out of course but the rules are somewhat simplified but even with that simplification there is more tactical depth of the game which you have to get used to um, but which you also might enjoy, especially once you do get used to it. I would argue that 40k is a more rewarding game to get good at uh, than AOS is. Partially because of the lack, not lack, but lesser uh, randomness to it. Partially because of the depth of the rules. Partially just because science fiction is awesome. Uh, and, you know, laser guns and laser swords, right? Like, anyway, that's just me. Um... I also think that there is something to be said on the table for aesthetics. We talked a bit about models, we talked a bit about lore, and we're talking about gameplay right now, but but there is, beyond just, you know, oh, I think that model's cool or not, a 40k game and, and, a, and a fantasy game, or Age of Sigmar game, I'm sorry, look different on the tabletop, uh, you know, right now, if you're playing Age of Sigmar in our group, it looks like a gray tide. I'm sure they'll get their models painted up, but a fully painted armies, the aesthetic on the table is very different. Uh, and it's not something you necessarily think about when you're just getting into a hobby about the experience of seeing, you know, your work and, and somebody else's work on the table going at it and doing stuff. But, but there is a bit of an experience to that for some people, uh, certainly for me, uh, that, you know, gives you the feels. And how that looks, whether you like it or not, uh, whether you enjoy it or not, uh, will probably color your, your expectations and your impressions of the hobby. So, you know, if you can, uh, get out to a game store or a game night with your local groups or whatever and try to take in a few games too, if you're trying to kind of decide. From a, as a visitor, you know, just see how the game is. Immerse yourself a little bit in not just how the game's played and, and you know, how the, the people playing it are going to 
go above their rolls and their movement and all that. No, like just visualize and see how it looks and how it feels uh, as the game plays out. And if you think that, you know, what, what, how it makes you feel, you know, um, because that's maybe an overlooked aspect of the hobby, which, which I think uh, is important uh, to your long-term happiness with your hobby. <sighs> Anyhow, so as I said to start, is Age of Sigmar the game that we wish 40k was? No. Uh, and if you answer that question, yes, then what are you doing in 40k? Because the reality of the situation is that Age of Sigmar doesn't have to be the game we wish 40k was. It can be its own game, and it is. Uh, and, you know, if you want to start shit with 40k players, they'll fuck you up, and I will. Um, but I'm also happy to let you coexist and be happy in your own space with your own rules, and don't pick fights with me about it. Uh, if you're looking for any more information on Age of Sigmar, uh, you can definitely check in with our trusty Age of Sigmar guide here at Trident. That's Arthur. Um, he'll be absolutely thrilled to talk to you about it. Uh, and you should definitely jump in on our Slow Grow League. Uh, you can hang out with a lot of other like-minded folks who are either just getting started with Age of Sigmar or maybe just getting started with a new new army, new force, uh, and uh, some of our partners as well. I know we're working with Red Claw. Uh, and Daniel Schneider on some of this stuff. Uh, and they've obviously got a lot of Age of Sigmar stuff going as well. Um, I hear down the pipe that there's also some, some other uh, work going on with potentially partnering up with some folks. We definitely have a lot more Age of Sigmar content coming your guys' way uh, in the new year, um, especially dependent on you know just how wild our Age of Sigmar guys get. Uh, I am honestly thrilled for them and, and hope that uh, this is a community, another piece of the community that that we can really get in sync with here at trident but stay in your lane have a good night everybody did you plug the patreon we need to plug the patreon